Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the You're OK Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried and Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. And we're back, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Belief Cast. I'm your host, Todd Sylvester. Thank you for tuning in week after week and sharing these. It's so fantastic to have all your support. And uh, the the amazing people I have on here just keeps blowing me away and the stories that we hear. I'm fortunate because I get to, to, to witness them face-to-face. Uh, but you guys are definitely in for a treat today. Today we're joined by Brian Slade. Brian, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, I, he's the author of Cleared Hot, which, um, if I understand correctly, means that you're you're ready, to, you're okay to fire on your target. Is that correct? Yeah, Cleared Hot is when we've met the criteria to engage. Okay. And, and that book is officially going to come out on October 18th, and we'll let you know how you guys can all get that. But a little background on Brian. He's currently serving as a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Air Force, stationed out of Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada as a senior pilot in combat search and rescue helicopter unit. Man, that's that in itself is pretty amazing. Um, you previously taught the uh, CSAR, is that how you say it? CSAR, Combat CSAR? Search and Rescue. Okay, yep. mission at Kirkland Air Force Base in New Mexico uh, in the Air Force of uh, New, I don't know how you say this, HH. 60W. Pretty close. Is that right? HA-60 Whiskey, yeah. Whiskey, all right. Combat rescue helicopter. After deployment in 2007, you transferred to the Air Force and retained to fly rescue helicopters. You served one tour in Operation Iraq, uh, Iraqi Freedom, then in the OEF based at, at Kandahar. Kandahar, Bastion, did two tours there and two tours actually in Iraq wow. as well. Wow. Yeah. Right. Um, you, you have, uh, you have a son named Axel. We were just talking about how cool your last name is Slade. Yeah. So Axel Slade, He's gotta what do something a, cool. I mean, man, that guy better be playing electric guitar somewhere, but, uh, you know, anyway, the list goes on, uh, but I can't wait for people to hear your story. And, you know, um, Brian sent me the first chapter of his book and I read through it. He also sent me a video, which we'll talk about of when his co-pilot got shot in the Apache helicopter through his leg and um, the Apache helicopter was in distress itself and uh, had to do some you know, severe rescue things in there to save your guys' lives. And anyway, I mean, I watched that, dude. My heart was pounding. I was like, man, how intense that was. But uh, anyway, so Brian, why don't we start with, tell us where you grew up and a little bit about your family life. 
Um, I'm a hick background. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm from farmer, farmland in Idaho. And I'm uh, one of eight. I'm the oldest of eight. Really? I like to say eldest because it sounds yeah neater. Sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but probably the least immature of all eight of us. So uh, so eldest, I have to throw that in there. But yeah, yeah oldest of eight. And I grew up there, but all my family is now in Utah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. They've all migrated. Did you know at a young age that you wanted to be in like the Air Force or the Army? Or did you have those kind of aspirations at that Did young I know? Age? I don't think. I think my subconscious knew. I didn't. I wanted to be a vet, but okay. when we played, you know, you you play imaginary games, yeah, right? I yeah. was always like the general and like uh -huh. saying, "Hey, you guys go over here, we go over there," yeah. <laughs> and directing traffic. And uh, so I wasn't playing vet. I was playing. I was playing army. Gotcha. So. Right on. Well, again, I I was saying this off the air, but I, I admire what you do. I admire the things that you have accomplished and put your life in, in jeopardy for all of us and. I just I know those are sound, might sound just like words, but I really do. It's like it's hard to express the appreciation that I have for people in your position that are willing to do that. It just it really actually blows my mind. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. No, you bet. Well, so you wrote this book called Cleared Hot, mm -hmm. um, and I'm gonna, it's called Lessons Learned About Life, Love, and Leadership While Flying the Apache Gunship in Afghanistan, and why I believe uh, a prepared mind can prevent. PTSD. That's a big, bold statement. Big title, too. Big title. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> tongue twister. But PTSD is what a lot of you know vets and people who have gone through a tour and things like that go through. Right. And um, I know you talk a lot about that. So let's maybe just get right into your book. Why did you write this book and kind of what was the purpose behind it? What, what are you trying to accomplish with it? So the reason I wrote the book, uh, well, first I, I will say I did not want to write a book. Okay. And I'm not an author. I didn't think I could be an author. Right? <laughs> so, uh, but what happened is I had these experiences. One, you watched one of the videos or whatever. And they're pretty intense, pretty crazy. Um, and I was just grateful to come through it. I was like, man, I'm glad that's done. And my heart's dude, still beating. Dude, and, right. And we're good. And I wasn't the only one having those experiences. Obviously, there's a team out there and, and my brothers in arms, brothers and sisters in arms. And as time passed and even even during i saw that the same trauma was affecting everybody differently right some people were experienced if, if there's a spectrum right yeah. from experiencing what i would call post-traumatic stress growth right and that's where i feel like i fall more on that spectrum like i okay. feel like i i'm a better person because of the things that happened and i'm yeah. grateful for them happening i'm grateful i'm alive but but they are a large part of the foundation that makes me me Right? right. And then uh, it ranges from that all the way to the other end of the spectrum where I've had several friends take their lives, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, wow. the most recent one, well, I don't know if it's the most recent one, um, but one that really kind of shocked me was when we see this, people are like, if you see something, say something with a lot of different things, right? But one of the guys I knew that was just very charismatic, very, you know, uh, just bigger than life type guy could mm -hmm. joke with him. I like to laugh. He liked to laugh. We yeah. would just, and two days before he decided to shoot himself, we were doing that. Oh, and wow. I was like, man, and we were, you know, it's the same trauma. Yeah. It's, um, similar, right? Sure. Same trauma. Yeah. Different, different effects. And so I started to be like, why, you know, why, why is that the case? And uh, so I got, I got together with a bunch of mental health professionals and started asking that question. Asking the question, yeah. And then we started drilling down my, what made me me, right? Yeah. And what what did I do that might have helped me 
um, benefit from the trauma, whereas other people were, were, were struggling with it. And some things you can't teach. I, I'm, I'm one of a, a family that, you know, had a good upbringing. You can't yeah. teach that. You either have what you have, what you have. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. But we did identify seven principles that you can teach. And, yeah. and, uh, I was doing them for other reasons, Yeah, <laughs> but they helped prepare my mind. Gotcha. You know? And so that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. Love that. You know, uh, PTSD is a very serious thing, and you hear that a lot. And then, unfortunately, a lot of people un- get to a point where they end their lives, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's a very tragic thing. And so, I would imagine, do you ever think about how many lives you could save because you wrote this book? I mean, do you ever? Does your mind ever go there? The, that's. Ex- I mean, the whole reason I did it is because I, if it's one person that reads it and changes their outlook, and mm-hmm. now can turn trauma from what would be an obstacle into a foundation that will be a better version of them right, right. yeah it's transforming that trauma into a good thing if i could do that with one person then, then it's a success right and honestly i've had people read it already and they've made those transformations so it's already a success it yeah. hasn't printed yet but to me it's a success it's already succeeded yeah and if we can get more than <laughs> then better well, I'll tell you what I've read. I mean, it hit me in the heart right off the get-go. I mean, it was amazing. And so before we get to some of those principles, you know, you've flown over a 1,000 combat missions. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to ask you a really big question here. But what what was the biggest lesson maybe that you learned? Oh, or I know that's a big one. But, I mean, you've flown a 1,000 combat missions. Mm-hmm. So what what were maybe maybe some of the lessons? Maybe not the – I know you've learned many is there one that stands out to you? Laugh. Mm. Laugh. Really? Uh, I mean, life gets serious. You don't even have to try. Life will get serious on, on you. Um, so sometimes you do have to try to laugh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But life will get serious on its own. For sure. Every once in a yeah. while, you got to try to laugh. Wow. Wow. I, I, I mean, I can't argue with that one. <laughs> You know, and speaking of these combat missions, you you shared a video with me. It was about thirty minutes long. Mm-hmm. Can we can we describe that to our listeners here for a minute? Because it it really was tough to actually listen to your co-pilot as you were flying a, an Apache helicopter in Afghanistan. Is that correct? It was. Yeah. Um, he got shot. It the the helicopter got shot, but one of the I guess one of the bullets went through and went through his leg. Or, or lodged in his leg mm-hmm. and you hear it on there i mean i it was really tough to listen to i was like my gosh is this guy gonna make it but he did. It, yeah he did make it but will you will you mind describing that scenario with our listeners because i think it'd be really good for them to understand some of the things that you were facing yeah i mean we were developing we call it developing a situation we're working with the ground troops and they're taking fire but they couldn't really figure out from where mm-hmm. and so we're trying to work with them and say okay where's the where's the the Taliban at yeah right and they finally had they had just identified look it's a one two zero I think was the bearing I can't remember one two zero from our position uh, you're cleared to engage and so we were rolling in to engage for the first time on like on that position we had right. engaged um, on on other positions earlier that day but on that position it was the first time we were rolling in and like I said laugh like I don't know if you heard the part at the very beginning I was joking you were no yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought, oh, this will be a fun little video. And then all of a sudden it changes. Yeah, it changed tone real quick. Yeah. But that's just the way it was. You know, it was it was, it was was our business. We were about doing our business, but mm-hmm. we, we still, you know, yeah. en- engaged with levity at times. But as soon as that happened, it was basically we rolled in and we just got what's called barrage or curtain fire. And 
and we got hit with multiple rounds of different calibers. Mm-hmm. Um, one one round took out uh, my engine. One of my engines. There's two engines, but there's not the thing with the in high temperature locations with a mm-hmm. helicopter. Yeah, one engine is not enough to fly you. Um, so you know, in that video, I ended up having to punch yep. some extra weight to get to keep yeah. flying. Right, but we were in a bank. We got hit, and and you heard in the video, just he starts screaming, and yeah. you know, I knew it's when he's screaming, I know what happened. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened. Right, but I know something bad. I, he's been hit. Yeah. yeah, and he says it. <laughs> yeah, he does. I've been shot. I've been shot. Yeah, yeah. No. And and he's and he's screaming. But as funny as it may sound, that was not the most important thing. I had lost my engine, and my controls were jammed up. So I I had to pause. I didn't re- respond to him immediately. Yeah. Um. I had the the, the controls were locked up. And there's a mechanical control linkage in the Apache. There's a backup control, but you have to break that linkage, oh, right? So you have to bust it over. And the and the the profile that we were in, if I broke it over, and it took immediate effect in the backup controls, we would have snap rolled the helicopter and landed upside down, next to the Taliban, which been a bad place to land. Bad place to land. Yeah. And wow. and they don't do well upside down. No. <laughs> no. I can imagine. So I'm, I I mean it's this is all happening in like one second. You yeah. Know? But like. So I remember breaking it and thinking there is advertised that it will not take effect for one second. Right. And so I remember thinking, please work, please work. Like yeah. it says it's going to work. Yeah. So I break it over and and it doesn't take, and I'm centered back the controls. I found out later the reason they were jammed up is his leg got hit, it shattered his femur and his leg wrapped around the controls. Oh, it was, you're kidding. Yeah. It was just hanging by, you know, by meat, if you will. Oh man. And so that's what locked it up. And then, so when I did that, you hear him screaming, screaming again. more. Yeah, yep. I didn't realize that. That's, oh my goodness! That's why, because I just unwrapped his leg, right, and oh. broke it, and and I had a feeling that's what it was when it did it. Yeah, and and something like that, and sure enough, that's what it was. But then we're also losing ground because of the engine being out, so I had to drop the collective, which is what makes us go up and down, and I had to push forward on the cyclic, which makes us go right and left and forward, and so we're diving towards the ground to get airspeed to make us more efficient i'm not aerodynamics we don't need an aerodynamics class right. but it made it more efficient so that we could kind of fly out of there and then i could communicate with my wingman hey this is what's happening and then we had to start to administer first aid and try to keep the aircraft in the air and that kind of thing so my goodness he did make it uh, we got to it was a 30 minute flight which you know you listen to it and, oh yeah and then it would try and the whole he started fading in and out and yeah that kind of he thing. was he's going in and out and you know and again Obviously, I couldn't see your face in this video, but listening to you respond back and forth to your uh, ground commands, mm-hmm. uh, ground control, how calm you were. I mean, maybe you weren't calm, <laughs> but you sure sounded like, oh, everything's going to be fine. But did you were you feeling that, or what was going on So that's you? One, one of the principles that I teach in, in Cleared Hot is something called chair flying. Chair flying. Okay. Chair flying. Let's right. get right to it. Chair yeah. flying. So chair yeah. flying is what saved my life and saved his life and allowed me to be calm. That That's what, what happened. Okay. Um, when I first arrived in country, I didn't know what to expect. So, you know, I was a new, I didn't, only had a few hundred hours when I got there and I ended up becoming an aircraft commander while I was there. Wow. And that's a whole nother story in a chapter that's, but, but, <laughs> right. it, but anyway, this is at, this is towards the end. So I'm a little bit better pilot at the end of this this year long tour than I was initially. But at the beginning I was like, you know, underwater. I'm like, I'm going into combat and I don't have a lot of hours. So in my head, I'm like, I'm going to start chair flying scenarios. And that, what that means 
what does chair flying mean? It sounds like Harry Potter, but it, it's, right. it's not. <laughs> it's basically like if uh, visualization, meditation, and role play had a love child, that would be chair flying, right? Okay. And so I would start with some sort of meditation. And, you know, meditation is as unique as a fingerprint. You know, you find what works for you. Yeah. For me, I would use some breathing techniques, right? Just to get my mind and headspace yeah. clear, right? right? So I would do some breathing techniques. Uh, I've read a couple books on that stuff, and it really does work. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It just clears your head. And yeah. so I would do that to, to basically mm-hmm. fertilize the soil. And then I would start to visualize an emergency procedure. So when, when I lost my engine and when I lost, um, you know, my, my flight controls, well, one, at this point in, in, the, in, the, in the deployment, it wasn't the first time that happened. But the first time it happened, the first time it happened wasn't the first time either because of chair flying. I had visualized it. I had gone through that. I'd gone through it until, you know, physically moving. That's the role play part of it, right? Yeah. So you're visualizing it in your head down to the nth, as, as detailed as you Best can get. You, yeah, right. right. You go through it that way, and then you, you add the physical movements to add muscle memory to it, right? Yeah. And then I would, I would go down to what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it. Sweat drips in my eyes, it starts stinging. What am I going to do with that? You know, do, get down yeah. to the little wow. nitty-gritty. Yeah. And so when it happens, it's not the first time. And I had rehearsed that many, many, many times that I would stay calm. And I would take a deep breath. You didn't hear it in the in the radio in the video, but I went, and then I talked, and 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 that for the first time. After that, I didn't have to do it again because yeah. it was just one reset. Right. Yeah, wow. Here we are. This is where we're at. We got to move forward. That's it, right? Wow. And so I had rehearsed that, and basically it it made it to where I could do that. Now you asked, was I? <laughs> yes, my heart went from like zero to two thousand, right? I know it was a dumb question. Yeah, of but. course, of course. But but I but I rehearsed that too. Your heart is gonna go through your freaking neck. What are you gonna do? Yeah, that's what you're gonna yeah. do. And then yeah. you're gonna talk calmly, and you're gonna do that. Now, one thing I had never rehearsed is my co-pilot being hit and not me. I had rehearsed me getting hit. Yeah, and rehearsed both of us getting hit. For some but, reason, yeah. it was never just him. Yeah, right. And and so that was a little bit new, but there was enough enough similarities that we were able to work through that um, to what I'd chair flown. Now, what reason it's in the book isn't because it's just a preparatory tool for, you know, physical type things. What I didn't realize is I was preparing my mind as well, which yeah. they call stress inoculation. They call it stress inoculation, which is, is like getting an inoculation or a shot, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. Um, and so you get a weakened dose of the real sickness. So when the real sickness hits you, you don't have as adverse of an effect. Yeah. Same thing with the stress. So I've been doing that. And that's part of the reason that they credit me to not having significant PTSD is because I had been giving myself that weakened dose through the visualization. Really? Through the role play. Wow. And so I had already dealt with it. So when the real shit happened or the real stuff happened, you're, you're um, good. You're good. Yeah, when the real stuff happened, it didn't knock me off my feet. Wow. You know? And so, Dang. so we can share flight all kinds of stuff. Yeah. We can share flight. I do chair fly. I chair fly difficult conversations. Yeah. Like, and, and people are like, well, how do you, you know, what about people that have anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. If they're chair flying, how do they chair fly without anxiety? Right. Well, there's that, there's that too simple to fail type stuff where right? you just go to the point where it starts to get you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you take a break. Yeah. And, and then you go a little further. Go the a little further next time. Right? Yeah. I love that. And then you just keep working that and, and you can do it with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. In fact, um, people that are listening to this, uh, they're, 
there's going to be a bonus that I have a chair flying um, how to oh, um, cool. that they can go to my website and nice. get, and get. Yeah. Right so on. we'll get to that. Yeah. So it goes Love into much it. more detail than what yeah. I just said. Cause it's more than just sure. what I said, but it, well, it's it, a lot of work. I mean, it you, is. You put in a ton of work for that to even be possible. Did it every night for an hour. Think about well, yeah. I love that you said this. I'm a huge believer on both meditation and breathing and visualization. I'm huge on that with what I do. I do a lot of speaking events and things yeah. like that. Like even sitting here with you, I've visualized this. Yeah. I did. I, I've been I've been studying your stuff for months because <laughs> it's been a while. Because we yeah. were supposed to meet earlier. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. But I visualized me talking to you. I mean. I, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a hero here in my opinion. I know you shrug yeah. your eyes and your shoulders, but I really do look at it that way. It's like, man, how do I honor this guy and what his message is? So I visualize that. So I just want you to know, and hopefully that will come through in this interview with you. But, uh, yeah. but I do, res- I think that's amazing, but I never knew that. Uh, I never heard the term chair flying. It, it's a, it's a flying term, but I realize you can use it in every aspect yeah, every of your aspect. life. Okay. And it really is like all those things blended. Right and, and it's just a good way to do it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier, we talked about PTSD and then PTSG, mm-hmm. right? And and one's growth, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's kind of what you were in. Talk a little bit more about, here's the question I have, and then I want to get into more of the principles of your book, what okay. you'd like to share. Can someone who is going through PTSD switch it over to the growth portion of it, where you grow from it, or... Or does, or does that not? That's an possible? excellent question, and honestly, it was a question I had. Okay. Right, and so when I first started going through this, I, I was like, "Well, it's you know, there's enough out there for PTSD. I want to do the pre-TSD." Yeah. Right? Right. That's what I was calling it, right? Yeah. And then I started doing this with his mental health professionals, and and as we got through it, we started getting through it. It turns out that a lot of the things that you would do to prepare your mind, you can do to un wrap your mind too oh, okay right and so yeah. to answer your question you could it will work for both wow it will That's now awesome if the damage is already there sometimes that reverse that reverse and out it's more difficult than preparing for right which is not unlike any kind of an injury right yeah well, if i can avoid an injury i'm going to be that much healthier once i have it and i have to rehab it's going to take a little bit more but you can get to where you're almost 100 yeah. percent. right love yeah and so it's very similar and a lot all the principles apply to people who already have it Versus and and a lot of us do. I mean, I'm not saying I don't have it at all, right? Right. Because yeah. that's just not realistic. Sure. Right. Now, am I able to function and do? Does it actually so serve as a foundation of who I am in a good way? It does. Right. It does. And I I know people who have done some of these techniques or all. I don't know if all, but some of them, and they've reversed their PTSD, and now wow. it's a strength. It's a that's, source of that's strength. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of your one of your sayings is trauma doesn't have to kick your butt. In fact, it can make you stronger. Yeah, and that's kind of what you're saying is that through that process, if you work on it, obviously yeah. put in the put in the time and the effort, you can actually become stronger based on what you've been through. Is that yeah? Is that accurate? Hundred percent. I mean, it takes some grit. I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. But but is it worth it? Absolutely. And yeah. You know why you, you can you can you can deal with the trauma and have that damage just for the rest of life, or you can use that damage and turn it into a strength. Right. You know, and, and that sounds a little cliche, but, but it works. And, yeah. and it, I credit it for who I am today Yeah. and not saying that that's just this phenomenal thing, but it, but I'm happy with who I am Yeah. and I feel that I'm fairly mentally healthy. Yeah, right. For sure. Um, especially considering the stuff that I was, I had to 
a part of. Right. No, I love that. Well, you mentioned your book has seven principles that talks about how to actually get into that growth mm -hmm. area. Do you want to maybe list off those seven with us and then maybe let's pick one that we can kind of maybe hash out and yeah, let's, talk about? Let's pick one right now okay. and, and then we can and then I can go through. So so the one that I start off with is 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 building and maintaining a positive perspective. Right. Right. Okay, we've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Be positive. If, yeah. Right. Be Whether positive. You, where you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and those are true. Those are true statements. But to illustrate, I usually I, I I'll share a story of downrange. Yeah. And I don't think this is in the book. So here's bonus. Right? Oh, so, right yeah. on. Well, part of it might be, but I don't think the whole thing's in the book. So when we deployed, um, I was a lieutenant, which is basically a platoon leader at the time. I ended up being a company commander by the end. It was kind of this. It really was a journey from boy to man while I was there, like in a lot of different ways. But yeah. so I was a platoon leader, which is in in army, you got a company commander and you usually have two platoon leaders that kind of are his henchmen, whatever yeah, you want right. to call it, right? <laughs> right. So I was uh, the unit movement officer as well. So basically I went ahead on what's called an Advon, advanced party. We were supposed to go set up, start to set up stuff for everybody else to come in and make it smooth, right? Well, there was, there was me and two of my uh, sergeants that came with me. And we were literally riding in the C-17, which is the giant cargo plane that our, our Apaches, three of them, were folded up and inside of that plane, right? Wow. Giant plane. Big plane. Big yeah. plane. And they're, so they're all smashed in there. They're like sardines. <laughs> yeah. and, and we're in there, and I got a, I got a cot strung up underneath, <laughs> you know, because it's an 18-hour flight. We're just oh. swinging, you know. Really? Yeah, just flying. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, red light goes on, and they're like, "What the? You know, what's going on?" Yeah. You know, the kudos that were in my, you know, those kudos bars. I had <laughs> yeah, those, right? Yeah, you know, res residual kudos. <laughs> I jump up and I'm like, "What's going on?" They're like, "Hey, we're doing a tactical descent into Bagram, which is where we were going to land, right?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, so we're over enemy territory." The first time I'd ever been to war, so there was a lot of things going. Oh my goodness! I'm like, yeah. "Okay, cool." I can't imagine. Red light, tactical descent. What's that? You know? Yeah. They're like, "Buckle up." I'm like, "Okay." So I buckle up, and the next thing you know, the plane's doing this which I didn't know those big planes can move like that. Yeah. So I'm in there. I'm being held by my my seatbelt. I'm like, I'm glad I buckled this thing. Yeah. You know, and we're just my going down. Goodness. Oh, my god. Part gosh. of me thinks that they were just doing that because they're allowed to do it because we're in the country. But now, because I'm a pilot, I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> right? So we come down and... Oh, man. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, but when I pictured Afghanistan and war and theater, this is my first time going to war. Well, I picture, and how many times in our lives is the first time doing something, right? You got yeah. this anxiety, this little bit yeah. of like, what's next, you know? And, and and do you do you step forward? Do you what do you do? You know, well, we're committed, so we land in the and in, in the back of the C seventeen, the back will open like it's like a clamshell, you know, like kind of like, yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. seen those in the movies and right. stuff. Right. Yeah. So we're in there. It's dark. It, it, we landed first thing in the morning. It, the sun was not up, but it was light. Like it was yeah. starting to get light. So we'd been in there with that dark and that red light, and our eyes were all dark adapted. So when that thing started, I just even though it wasn't bright, bright outside, it was yeah. just like this piercing light. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> trying to get, you know, adapted my pupils so you could see. And as they started to see, and the thing, it was kind of like right out of a movie, like, and it's like opening up to Afghanistan, yeah. right? Yeah. Man. And I don't know what I was picturing, but it wasn't that. Because when it comes down, I'm from the Northwest. I'm here in Utah right now. Yeah. It's Rocky Mountains. That's what I see. Snow-covered Rocky Mountains, beautiful, majestic mountains. Really? And I'm like, I think I was picturing a crap hole, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was just beautiful. And I was like, huh. 
you know and then so we <laughs> right. you know so we moved forward and got everything established next thing you know i'm flying over these mountains on missions on tactical missions and and you're looking and you're looking for people to shoot that are shoot that might shoot at you or whatever but at the same time i'm like and I'd, I'd love to snowboard right there. That would yeah, be awesome. And that's amazing. And it's just this majestic view. And then and then we get a, a call, you know, and our call sign was gunmetal. Gunmetal, gunmetal, gunmetal. We got a mission for you. Okay, send it. So they send the mission, and it's a, a tick. They call it troops in contact, which means our good guys are trading bullets with the bad guys at fast rates, right? You know, they're switching them back and forth. Yeah. Right? Damn. And it usually means that the good guys are a little bit pinned down if they're calling us because they need more. They need help. They need more bullets to go. Yeah, the other right. Way. Yeah. And so we descend out of that majesty down into a tumultuous situation, right? And and immediately the guy on the radio controller, it, you, he keys the mic and you can hear it in his voice. You know, he's out of breath. There's gunfire in the background. Gunmetal, gunmetal, gunmetal. We're taking fire, one, two, zero, 300 meters from our position. Can you suppress immediately, right? And I'm like, yes, yeah, <laughs> we can. Right. Yeah. You know, we, we got to help these guys. But first, we got to develop this. We got to figure out where they're at. We got to yeah. figure. Where are we shooting? So he's giving yeah. me some some direction, one, two, zero from his position. I need in his position. So we get his position. We identify that. But we are in that fight, right? Now we are focused Damn. on what's going on. And he's even more in the fight because he's down even lower, right? Yeah, right. You can, he's. I can't see him, but I can picture his head down. I can picture him. You can hear the guns, you know, all that stuff. Jeez. And and so we start engaging. And, and so how often in our life is that the case, right? Yeah. We're, there's this beauty, there's everything. And then we come down in and we are, that's what we yeah, see. It's right. ugly and it's, it's ugly, fast yeah. and it's furious. And, and that mo in those moments, that's all you see. Yeah. That's all you know. But, but what's awesome is that picture, those mountains, the snow, all that, it's still there. It never changed. Yeah. There's nothing. It was it was exactly the same when we were down there trading fire as it was when we were up high. That picture was the big picture, right? And that doesn't change. This down here is finite, right? Yeah. This is something we're going through. And we might get some casualties. We might get some scars. Yeah. We might get some damage done. But that's finite. It's going to yeah. be done. It's going to be over. Yeah. And then wow. we're going to come back up. Yeah. Right. So the, that's your big picture. That's your perspective. Right. And the further you back up, the the, the awesomer it gets. Now you back up. We we're at 5000 feet. You go to 30,000 feet. You start to see the curvature of the earth. And you can go in all directions and just see beauty. Right. I don't care if you're over the ugliest landscape on the planet. If you're at 30,000 feet, it's amazing. Yeah, I can imagine. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah right. right. Then you go up even farther and you see the world. Right. With the blue, the yeah. water, the clouds, the continent contrast. It's amazing. And it guess what? No direction. No direction. There is no up. There is no down. There just is. Wow. And it's beauty. Dang. It's just beauty. It and that's the big picture. And and the and the world looks peaceful. Yes. Right? But then but then like you said, when you come down into yep. the down How many crazy it, things are happening on our planet right now? Yeah. Right now. And you and I are talking about this, right? The big picture is always right. there. Yeah. Those ugly things are finite. So how do we keep that in our mind's eye when we're in the middle of it, right? Dang. And that's that's what we kind of go into is like one of the principles is how to do that. And, and you know, I think almost anybody can look at their life and look backwards. Right. It's easier to look backwards than forwards. For sure. So yeah. you look backwards and you're yeah. like, what are the biggest growth moments I've had in my life, right? What are the biggest, like, wins or... 
whatever. Yeah. And everybody's got wins, whether whether you want to see them or not, you have wins, right? Yeah, right. And, and I get that some people's situations are way worse than others. I know that. Yeah, right. And I and I'm not discrediting that, but there's wins. There's always wins. Yeah. Right? And they almost always come after challenges, whether they're self-imposed challenges or they're just life kicking you challenges or even goals, which are our own challenges that we're setting. Right. right yeah. Right. Once you get through that, that's where you get your growth. Yeah. Right. So you can see that and you can recognize that. You mean like what? So let's back play that a little bit. <laughs> that means when I'm in a challenge, there's there's just that's just an opportunity. Yeah. That's happening. Sure. Like there's growth coming. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's finite. Yeah. That big picture is still there, right? And it's not changing. And so that's where we get the, you know, the, the, the statistics of suicide are just. Yeah. Tragedy. It is. Yeah. But it, that's, that's when you're in the gunfight yeah. and that's all you see. It's all you can see. All you, don't you think see you, is that yeah, gunfight. Man. But that picture's still there. Yeah. Yeah. So we, it takes practice. I love that. You know, it definitely takes practice and, and, and it's not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it can become easy. Yeah, and it does get like when I was in junior high, I was big into sports. I'm like, I want to bench two plates, two twenty five. I want that. I want to, you know, that was the that was the big weight. Yeah, but I was benching one plate at the time, one thirty five. Right. So we started doing that, and obviously it's hard, and it gets to one eighty five, and then two hundred, then two twenty five, then two eighty five, then three hundred, then three seventy eight. I was at three seventy eight and benching two twenty five twenty times. Two twenty five was easy then. I don't do that now. My chest would cave in. But you you still look like you could bench that easily. (laughs) (laughs) But like. But, like, it was easy then, right? Yeah. So that's how the positive perspective can get. We shoot for it, we go past it, yeah. and now it's part of our life. Yeah, and then we go, oh, yeah, that's easy. It's not that big a oh, deal. That's that's very good perspective. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Wow, what a story. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. I don't think that one was in the book. Oh, so there's a bonus. Yeah. Man, I, I can't wait to get the full book. Of yeah, there's a, I cannot wait. a lot of crazy stories in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, okay, so what's another principle out of the book that you'd like to share? Why don't we do that and maybe another story, and then we can okay, kind of so take it from there, if that's okay. Cut here. Yeah, no, you're good. I, I want to read them as they are. Please, yeah, please do. Yeah, this is fascinating. Somewhere in here, I got it. Because I have them listed on the web page. Okay, just just, just make sure you're in the mic when you're talking there. Yeah. yeah. I just want to make sure that I listen how that works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'd already talked about um, one of the principles being building a, pro- a positive perspective. The other ones are uh, your practice chair flying, which we talked about a little yep, bit yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the uh, value of a higher cause, right? That's another one is... And I'm not saying you got to be a re- super religious person sure, or whatever, right. but having a higher cause yeah. that your ba- your values are based yeah. off of is important. It's For important, sure. Right. And then um, building a healthy uh, support system, which is a big part of what you do, which is yeah. uh, a big part of the reason I wanted to do this with you is because it does play into what, what we do. Like right. You build a healthy support system because we're not here to do this alone. Exactly. We are community creatures. We are, aren't we? Yeah, yes. so true. And we don't do good in isolation. Right. So, um, no, we don't. That one kind of goes, dovetails right into what I was talking about earlier when I said, uh, define your honorable mission. You have an honorable mission. I think it's an honorable mission. Yeah. And, but we all have our honorable missions, right? And we have to define those so that we can get the oomph and the power behind it to say, I'm part, this, this is part of my honorable mission. And that keeps, that gives you the stay in power. In yeah, there. and so that's the, that. that's the final one is uh, is that you 
and this is a coping mechanism, I think, is people will hold on to hate. You gotta release hate. Mm. You gotta release hate. Because if you hold on to hate, it's just a crippler. You can't move forward with that hate. Yeah. Is that common in what you saw in your tours and stuff? Like, because when you're fighting, quote unquote, the enemy, right? Yeah. You're trying to, you know, do, I mean, does it turn into hate at times? I don't know. I, again, because I'm clueless on this, that's why I'm asking the question. It's a great question. And absolutely, it's, that's how some people cope with it, right? Yeah. If I got to kill somebody, yeah. You, and once you do, <laughs> That's that's your job, and yeah. then the Apache. That's a hundred, almost a hundred percent. Right, job. that's what you do. Yeah. How do you how do you come to terms with that? Right, and it's not an easy thing to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of there's healthy ways to do it, and then there's unhealthy ways to do it. Yeah. And one of the unhealthy ways to do it is hate who you're shooting at. Yeah. Right. It if I can hate that guy, then it's it's easier for me to pull right. the trigger. Yeah. It's easier for me to pull the trigger, but every time I pull that trigger, I'm getting a a, a bigger stab at me because yeah. it's hate. Right. Yeah. And so it it's a damaging way to cope with that difficult yeah. Yeah. thing you have to deal with. For sure. But that's not unlike that's not unlike things outside of the military either. Yeah. Right. Right. We end up hating things to cope with things, or or turning to, you know, turning to uh, chemical abuse or or, yeah. or uh-huh. other addictions and yeah. It's just there's healthy ways to cope with things and there's unhealthy. Well, I often say that with my clients, I'll say, you know, resentment breeds rebellion. Resentment's a form of hate. If I resent this or you or this organization, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to go rebel and blow up my life because of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like, so we have to resolve that. And ultimately, that's kind of what I'm hearing you say is we have to resolve the the hate and not hold on to that. And so... So what what are some of the things that you do to do that, and, and you know maybe what some of the things you shared in your book? So one of the, like with hate, uh, the easiest way to get rid of hate is to foster gratitude. Mm. Gratitude and hate cannot exist in the same plane. Right, it just can't. I mean, try to do it. Yeah, right. try and stay angry at something that you that you hate, and then at the same time think of things that you're grateful for. Yeah, they can't exist on the same plane. Right, right. So if you foster a habit of gratitude, then you can you can eliminate hate. Yeah. One thing I do with my son, I'm a single dad, um, which is my favorite job that I have. Right? Yeah, right and on. I have full custody of my 10 year old son. Um, he is adopted in, in his African American. Right. And I, oh, but okay. I've, I got him when he was wet. So yeah. day one, I've had him. Right. Sure. But he we do this thing and, and it's to <laughs> it's to build gratitude. And he you can learn. You can learn so much from kids. I know. Yeah. And so we do this thing on the way to school every day. We call it grateful. Right. And you have to come up with three things that you're grateful for and why. Yeah. Why are you grateful for these things? Yeah. And you can't repeat, right? Like, so <laughs> yeah. now, right. granted, we've been doing this for years, so I'm sure we've repeated. So you repeated a few things, but, but that's all right. But, yeah. you know, we can't remember but, them all. Right. But w- w- it was around February. It was just, I think, is that when Martin Luther King Day is? Is mm. February, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it was during that holiday, and they were talking about that at school. Well, obviously, he has a connection to that, being African-American, and and... I yeah. don't have that same connection, but I, you know, sure. I understand it. Uh, do I? And here's, yeah. and here's, here's what was awesome. He goes, Hey buddy. He's always called me buddy since day one. I don't know why, but he doesn't call me dad. He calls me buddy. I, it was, I think it was cause I called him buddy and he <laughs> oh, called yeah. it back. That's awesome. And I just never corrected him. <laughs> and people were like, why does your kid call you buddy? Yeah. I was just, I just never yeah. corrected him. But he's like, Hey buddy, um, you heard of Martin Luther King? I'm like, yeah, I've heard of him. He's like, you know, he did some amazing stuff. I said, yeah, he certainly did. You know, he changed the world. I said, he, he did. 
And he goes, you know, he gave a, a pretty cool speech. I said, I did know that. Yeah. He goes, can we listen to it? And I'm like, you know, driving. I'm like, yeah, you know, you, let's begin it up real quick. So yeah, bring it up. And he's and he's oh at gosh. this point he's six. He's ten now. But this happened when he's six, six years old, and he's saying this. Six years, and 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 wow. he what you know he lived from the plains of Mississippi. Da, da, you know he yeah. goes through it. And yeah. He goes, that was awesome. I was like, sure was. And he goes, <laughs> can I listen to it again? We got a thirty minute drive, so I'm like, yeah, listen yeah, to it let's again. Yeah, let's do it again. Yeah. And so he listens to it again. He goes, can we do a grateful now? I was like, yeah, certainly. And he goes, I'm grateful for Martin Luther King. I said, okay, why? You got to say why. Yeah. He goes, because of what he did, I can be your son. And I just, I tear up. I still tear up. Yeah, you're tearing me up. Yeah. That's, I didn't expect you to say that. No, and, and I was like, I'm like, dude, you just taught me something today. I've always been grateful for him. Sure. But not at that oh. personal of event. And not in, that, not in my life. And I said, I'm grateful for him now too, in a wow. better way. So gratitude begets gratitude. Yeah. Wow. Even from the youngest kid and hate begets hate. Yeah. So true. Wow. And they can't exist on the same plane. So we can do things where we practice gratitude, where we build gratitude. And even if it's something as simple as three grat three gratefuls a day. Wow. And it can change your life. It changed mine with a six year old. Dude. So. It's changing my life just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like Props to Axel. Man, He's awesome. That, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Like you said, we can learn so much from kids. Yeah, they. It's almost like we had it figured out when we were kids, and then we somehow forget all of it when we get older. <laughs> you know, right. kids don't stress as much. They, yeah, you know? they I mean, don't. they're starting to because sure. we're teaching them to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But wow. but that's a we're teaching them that. <laughs> like I don't think kids used to stress as much as they do now. No, not not even close. Yeah. Wow, man, um, that is amazing. You know, I. There's so much I want to talk to you about. I could sit here all day with you, but I, you know, obviously there's a ton we could talk about your book and stuff. Is before we get to maybe closing comments, um, part of your book, um, you have the uh, Invictus poem. Mm -hmm. I, is it okay if I ask you to read it for our listeners? Sure. Do, do you sure. mind? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't write this poem. But I know you didn't, but <laughs> but I think, I I think this kind of talks about and can it almost describes what you have gone through in your you know over your thousand combat missions okay can we pause it yes can we print this bigger <laughs> what do you got 2.5s see if that helps oh that helps a ton <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah and we don't need to pause at all because yeah. guess what we're just being real here. Yeah, hundred percent. I just, I just, so you guys don't know. I just gave him my readers, and now he can see it. Yeah, <laughs> you know that happened like three years ago. I had twenty fifteen vision for years. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, the it's cliff. funny how quickly it goes. Right, so anyway, it's, it's so he's got my glasses. You look really good, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I'm bringing sexy back. Yes. All right, okay, here we go. Invictus. <clears throat> Out of the night that covers me, black as a pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be, for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond the place of wrath and tears looms but horror of the, of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate and the captain of my soul. It's beautiful. I love it. 
Thank you for sharing that. And I, I wanted you to read it because that's in your book. Um, and yeah, dude, that, that describes you and what you've done. Because these principles that you're talking about in your book, they really do help someone become the master of themselves. That's the intent, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, because it's not just about anyone who's ever been in, 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 in the service of our country. No. It's for someone like me. It's for uh, someone who's struggling with addiction or it's for some kid who's trying to find his way, you know, and all that. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a broad scope of everyone needs to read this book. That's the intent. I, yeah. I, it's a war story. Yeah. But it's not intended for just warriors. But it teaches I mean, the principles. It is intended for warriors. We're all warriors. Well, we're, we're, and what I get from this is we're built for this. We're built for this life, no matter what we go through. I mean, you, you, you're not necessarily were, as a kid, were trained to go to war. But once you started, you know, going through that process, you got to a point, like you said, it got easier and you were able to do these things, the chair flying, you know, and looking at the positives and things like that. And, and again, not holding on or giving in to hate anymore and that right. kind of stuff, man. It's just beautiful. Yeah. So but beautiful. Less, I, I always say, you know, you got to share your story because you don't know if your story is the key to someone else's lock. Wow. You know, love it. And, and I've seen that now. And yeah. I'm like, when I've seen it, it gives you joy. And yeah. that's why I was like, I got to. I got to do it. You know, I got to put it in a book. If someone wants to get your book and they want to maybe even know more about you and contact you after listening to this, yeah. what would be the best way for them well, to do that? What I just said, right? Share your story. I'd love to hear their stories. You all stories yeah. too. So yeah. if you want to do that, you can email me at brian at clearedhot.info. But if you want to get the book, you can. it's going to be on Amazon, but you can also go to clearedhot.info and order it there. And there's other stuff about the book. And that's where you would get the chair flying thing love um, it. yeah uh put it, it'll be a code uh it'll be todd todd okay. will be the code we'll put right. todd as the code for a chair flying right breakdown okay love that code todd love that um one last question for you brian and i, I hate to even end this man i could just talk all day with you but if there's <laughs> someone listening to your voice right now who's struggling they're in a dark place you've already shared some very powerful principles, but what's one thing you could tell that person right now who's in that dark place? Honestly, that they're, that they're in the gunfight. What we talked about. Yeah. You are in the gunfight, but those mountains are there. Mm. Those mountains are there. Yeah. Hey, just know that those mountains are there. And if you feel alone, we are not, like we said, we're not creatures that deal well in isolation. You yeah. got, you got to reach out. Yeah. You're not going to, if you're that dark in despair, mm -hmm. you have to talk to somebody. And there's people yeah. who care. There's people like this organization and other organizations yeah. if you don't have family and friends because not yeah. not everybody does. Right. Not everybody it's, does. They're like, oh, talk to your family and friends. Not everybody has family and friends. But we as humanity care enough that there are organizations. Yeah. Right? yeah. And Well, there's you. They can reach out to you and talk to you. Absolutely. They can reach out to me. Yes. I, even if I don't know you, I'll still talk to you. 100%. I know you would too, Brian. Yes. Right? That's just the, who, the guy you are. Yep. You are in the gunfight, but the yeah. gunfight is finite. Wow. Amazing stuff. Well, Brian, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking some time and sharing some of your life with us and some of those experiences. And it, again, th that that video you shared with me, dude, took took my heart away, dude. I, I couldn't even imagine being in that in, in that Apache helicopter at that time. So you know what? I'm uh, going to throw that on there, too. So when they go to do the, the chair flying, they can get access to that video, too. Oh, right on. That'd be awesome. Yeah, 
I think it's worth watching. Again, it ends well, so everyone just know that. Um, but it is it puts in perspective of what Brian and his co-pilot were going through at the time and how he had to use these principles and these tools in that moment. Wow. And I love the visualization and the meditation piece of it. I think that's huge. So, But anyway, um, you're, I know you don't like to hear this, but you're a hero. Um, I'm grateful we have people like you that live in our country who are willing to stand up and, and protect us. And I just want you to know that. And anyone listening to this, I'm, I'm sure, feels the same way. So thank you for your service and all that you do for us. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the time. And hopefully we can give something to your audience to help them. Absolutely. And I, uh, anyone listening to this right now, get go get his book. Go, go <laughs> pre-order it. It's going to be available on the 18th. It's going to be amazing. I've already read the one, the first chapter, and I was blown away. It's going to be one of those ones that it's it's a must read. So please get it. If you have anyone who's struggling in your life, uh, share the link to this episode of Brian um, and let them listen to him personally, and then you know, and then follow up with them. It'll give you a good way to break the ice. I yeah, like to do hit, that a lot. Hit me up, on and that. then hit him up. Yeah. He wants to hear your story, so please do. So anyway, thank you again, Brian, and everyone for tuning in. Thank you. I love you guys. And uh, until next time. All right. Awesome. All right. Take care. Cool.